0: Welcome to Season 4 of Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA, where we discuss important matters affecting the rural sector. Aspiring to unlock the potential of the rural economy, the Country Land and Business Association is the membership organisation that provides support and expert advice to landowners and rural business across England and Wales. Hello everyone and welcome to rural business uncovered i'm your host lizzie Daly, and today we're talking all about making agroforestry central to land management plans net zero targets and the need to mitigate climate change is driving strong interest from the government in tree planting because of their ability to sequester carbon we hear a lot about woodland creation targets but agroforestry can play a role too So what is agroforestry and what forms can it take on a farm? And what are the benefits and practical considerations? What is the policy surrounding it and what incentives are there coming down the track? I'm thrilled to say we're joined today by Graham Clark, CLA Senior Land Use Policy Advisor and John Pawsey, a landowner and organic farmer at Shimpling Park Farms to walk us through the key things to consider for those looking into agroforestry. Okay, so hello to you both. As always, I'd love to start with some introductions today. John, can we start with you?
1: Uh, Yes, hello. Uh, My name is John Pawsey. As you say, I'm an organic farmer um, just eight miles south of Berries and Evans, and uh, we farm about 650 hectares of our own land, and then we farm a further 850 hectares uh, for other farmers in an eight-mile radius around the farm, Um, and we planted our first agroforestry um, system Uh, in Christmas
0: 2020. Wow, okay, looking forward to hearing more about that. Thank you, John. Uh, Graham, lovely to have you here with us. Tell us more about your role at CLA.
2: Hi there. Uh, Yeah, I'm Graham Clark, Senior Land Use Policy Advisor at the CLA, and I lead on forestry and woodland and uh, energy policy as well. Um, So, All the basically, if it's to do with trees, um, then you know that includes agroforestry. Then it's it's something that I would deal with. So lots of advice to farmers and also policy um, influencing as well.
0: Okay, so I'd love to jump straight in there if if that's okay, because some people listening may be thinking, well, what is agroforestry? So I'm going to put that question to you, Graham.
2: Right. Well, um, it can be. It can be defined quite widely, really. Um, I mean, it's essentially it's trees planted on grown on land that continues to be farmed. Um, but in practice, that can take a variety of forms. And we hear from John what he's done in in a, a wee while. But you know, it can be it can range from things like uh, in an arable uh, situation alley cropping, uh, what's called silvo-arable. The silvo being the um, the tree uh, bit, silvo arable. so Or you could have uh, trees in amongst livestock farming in a silvo pasture situation. The trees themselves could be in rows, um, creating alleys, as I said, or they could be in groups. They could be fairly densely planted in a, in a sort of shelter belt, uh, sort of linear feature type situation. Um, and the trees might well be cropped themselves. As well as the the surrounding land being cropped or or being used to rear livestock, so the trees might be fruit trees or nuts. Uh, you could coppice those trees. Um, they might just be having a a, a shelter and shading uh, function for for livestock, and certainly in a um, in a a warmer, uh, more stormy climate, that's that's an important consideration. And the actual trees themselves would in themselves would constitute a habitat as well with Um, lots of beneficial insects and um, living within them so they would they would increase the biodiversity on what otherwise would be a a fairly um, you know productive uh, farmed landscape so it can take quite a variety quite a wide variety of forms.
0: If I may just kind of ask you a little bit more about that what what is the purpose of of agroforestry and, and why are we you know even having this discussion here today what is so great about it?
2: Uh, well, I think what's given it a bit more impetus in in the last couple of years is the the government's interest in mitigating climate change, and you know there's a there's a, a number of levers that need to be pulled to 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 crack that problem. One of which is is changing from from a fossil fuel based economy to uh, more renewable energy, et cetera. But tree planting is is certainly one of the tools in that box too. So what that means in practice is a lot more um, woodland and but also tree planting in different ways, such as agroforestry. Um, so there's climate change reasons for it, but there's also agronomic, um, you know, productive farming reasons why you would want to do this. I mentioned earlier on about uh, shade and, and shelter for livestock, for example. Um, and you know habitat for beneficial insects, which can help address pest um, and disease issues in in arable cropping situations, and also you know soil management, water management on particularly sloping land uh, so there's there's a number of reasons uh, and be- potential benefits, so that's really why why this has become more. Uh, more talked about and thought about by farmers and landowners and also policy makers and government uh, in recent years,
0: thank you, Graham. So, John, you've mentioned already that you've had kind of an agroforestry system for the past two years. What does that look like for you, and, and how is it going?
1: Well, um, it's uh, been in for two years, yes, and uh, but we planted little whips, and so uh, they really still look a little bit like sticks and tubes. I'm afraid the trees are just starting uh, to come out of the top of the tubes, and really, you know, we we just going on from what Graham said, we planted a sort of alley cropping system. Uh, and we came to the widths of 36 meters in between the trees because we've got a, a nine meter controlled traffic farming system. so we sort of put that in place um, so that we could then put these me- these 36 meter cropping alleys uh, in this field and then the tree alleys are in four and a half meters every 36 meters. And we leave the headlands without trees on, so leaving 27 meters around the headlands. And the reason for that design really is because it leaves the field being as productive as it was without the um, trees in it. Um, And so really, as far as productivity was concerned, you know, that was quite a major thing for us. We wanted to keep on farming the farm as we had done before we had trees in it, which we should be able to do. Um, and so in our four and a half metre alleys, we basically have a range of timber trees, but with nurse trees around those timber trees to uh, grow up the side of them to keep them clean, but also to provide uh, a coppice, which uh, Graham sort of alluded to earlier on. Uh, so that'll be the first crop that comes out of, of the alleys. And then we'll have timber trees after that. Um And, you know, it's quite a complex thing to look into uh, 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 as far as eventual tree height is concerned, because, of course, trees shade the field. And if you're talking about productivity, you want them to uh, have sort of minimal shading on the field. And we looked into... um, you know the likely. What, what was the likelihood of, of, of climate change on the certain varieties we've got to make sure that they were going to survive through the you know the difficult weather uh, that we are uh, experiencing now and undoubtedly will in the future. And um, thinking about that, um, you know, we've also planted them pretty much on a north-south aspect to prevent shading. Again, to make sure that we are productive uh, throughout the life of the trees. Um, and, and just very briefly, I mean, the, 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 the trees that we planted in the end, and that's the other big consideration about what kind of trees you're going to plant is that we really wanted to mimic the trees that we have in our feet and wood, which is an ancient woodland on our farm, which is a triple S I. And so we've got the sort of typical trees that you would find on a sort of a clay cap woodland. So sort of hornbeam, small leaf lime, oak, walnut, cherry, aspen, wild service, holly, black poplar, goat willow, maple, hazel, and rowan and alder. So there's, you know, a big sort of range of, of species there, which, again, thinking about climate change, is that if one or two of those um, trees are affected by climate change during their lifetime, hopefully we've got enough diversity in there to um, see us through at least the early parts of uh, how our climate is changing.
0: I think your farm sounds great, John, to be honest. I'd uh, <laughs> love to come along to a farm. Uh, I guess a question to you, Graham, is you know, where is this push coming from? Does the government want more agroforestry? And if so, why? I mean, you mentioned the drivers of climate change there, but but what is really pushing this forward?
2: Well, it, it is climate change, really. Um, I mean, in recent years, the I mean, agroforestry has been been around for a, a long time, and in fact, in other countries, um, some of the mainland Europe, it's, it's practiced fairly sort of routinely, uh, and shade in particular. Um, and is is a, is a key consideration there in, in hotter sort of climate, uh, but in this country it's been fairly niche. Um, it's probably fair to say, uh, and 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 probably you know still is. Um, but what's given it the the added impetus is is the 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 imperative of addressing the climate change issue. So the climate change committee, which is the uh, government uh, sort of set up a committee which advises the government on climate change. They made um, various recommendations in a, a very big report they did a couple of years ago on on land use, where they said to government that they really needed to um, radically expand uh, the, the role of land use in addressing climate change um, and that included much more tree planting, which was woodland creation, but also agroforestry. Uh, and so, government they've set themselves a uh, tree planting target um, for for woodland creation, which is uh, going to be quite stiff to meet. They haven't actually gone as far as set themselves a, f- a formal target, but I know for agroforestry. But you know, I, I've seen. Um, you know, figures of 10% of of arable land by 2050 that they would as a sort of ambition um, that they would like to see in agroforestry. So, I mean, that's going to be several hundred thousand hectares potentially. Um, So I think that's the, the main sort of driver around it. And, you know, following on from that, there's the uh, environmental land management scheme, which are schemes, which DEFRA are currently uh, putting together. And there's three of those. The first one has just been launched this year called the Sustainable Farming Incentive. Um, that currently doesn't have agroforestry in it, but the intention is to have a uh, agroforestry standard within that um, scheme, whereby uh, if you already have uh, an agroforestry system on your land, um, then you'd, you'd get a, a, a modest payment to, to manage that appropriately. Or if you don't, then you would get a, a payment to, to put one in, into place and manage it. Um, and the other uh, aspect of the environmental land management schemes is the local nature recovery scheme, which would be um, would build on that and have more um, more demanding, more complex agroforestry systems in place where you'd be able to uh, draw down a payment for managing or establishing those those things on your farm. So, uh, yeah, those those are the those are the sort of policy uh, considerations around it.
0: Yeah, I think thank you, and John, you mentioned you've got a triple SI and an ancient woodland on your farm. Um, you know, other than the the, the policy considerations, the Graham was just talking about. Was it your awareness of the climate and, and changes to our environment that pushed you to, to go and, and to do agroforestry, or was it a mix?
1: I I was really inspired by an amazing man called uh, Martin Wolf who farms at Fressingfield in Suffolk and he uh, put an agroforestry system uh, 25 years ago Um, and really I've sort of adapted that. He planted his alleys on a 12 meter system which really is a little bit too narrow for most modern machinery nowadays but Um, Yes, you know, obviously, you know, climate change was was something that to be considered, but, um, and it is a major consideration when we came to designing the uh, the alleys, as I described earlier. But but also the other thing is that, you know, we're looking at additional farm sort of income streams as well from our agroforestry. It's right next door to our, our farmyard where we have a converted barn. We do 25 school visits a year. We probably see 20 to 30 farmer visits as well. It's something to show them um, and to possibly derive a sort of an income stream for having more people on the farm uh, we've got f- uh, three wood chip boilers on the farm and um, even though the wood is, um, you know, mostly generated out of our SI, which is uh, ancient coppice woodland, um, we're going to be managing those alleys very much along the lines of that sort of rotational coppicing model. Um, the other major thing for me, because we also planted it approximate to in wood, um, uh, is that we really wanted sort of a wild species transfer thing coming, going along. So taking species out of the wood into the wider farm landscape. And Graham talked a little bit about uh, sort of beneficial insects, but we're talking about anything from sort of micro to macro, uh, possibly not the deer maybe. Um, but um, we're really trying to get that sort of transfer out of the wood into the the wider farm landscape, but also, um, you know, we've got a wood very near to us called frithy wood, which we don't own and that's got dormice in it and we haven't got dormice in our wood. So hopefully one of those little mice will struggle across the countryside and get into feet and wood. Um, Graham's mentioned shelter. We've got a thousand New Zealand Romney sheep and uh, in the sort of pretty bare a Anglian landscape, you know, what they've got to huddle around at the moment is the telegraph pole. So, you know, what we're hoping is that those alleys will provide some shelter uh, for those sheep. Um, and of course, there's carbon as well. You know, we're going to be sequestering carbon. Um, and lastly, but probably most importantly, is that um, it's just given me a huge amount of pleasure as well to plant it, but also to see it growing and to uh anticipate what that amazing vision of what it's going to look like in the future is is a real sort of tangible thing and um and so you know that mustn't be forgotten
0: absolutely fantastic how widely applicable is agroforestry could everyone benefit uh from doing it or is it kind of only for the committed few with the right kind of type of land graham
2: um well I, i i think it's worth anyone considering it um I don't think anybody's saying I'm certainly not saying that everybody must do this because every farm is different um every farmer is has different uh, interests skills uh, has you know different constraints and opportunities with every holding um but I think integrating some kind of uh, trees and or hedges um on, in in different forms on the farm is it's definitely worth considering, particularly in a in a changing climate. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier on about shelter and shade. Um, you know, we've in this sort of post-war era, we've we have removed a lot of the the hedgerows and the, the trees that were within those hedgerows. So the the kind of shelter and shade that we that we used to take for, for for granted, you know, that that goes when we when we take those things out. Um, so. You know, I think it's for, for everybody to just consider. Um, and yeah, it, it may it may may work on your farm in a, in a big way. It may just in a, in a in a small, relatively small way. But I think it's just one of those things to consider um, and to to spread the like spread the risks uh, right across the, the holding. Um, it's it's not for everybody, but you know, it's well worth considering. I would say.
0: Jump in there, John.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to add to uh, that, I mean... You're right. I mean, initially, I think it's for for the committed few. But actually, when you go start going looking around these different agroforestry systems, as long as it's designed well, and going back to what I said earlier on about uh, keeping the fields productive, um, it should so, suit most farms as far as you know productivity is concerned. But also having that annual crop, but also having that perennial crop in the same field. Um, the only thing that I think uh, possibly you do also need to consider is land ownership, because if you've got a complex Um, ownership structure uh, or you're a tenanted farm that could also um, provide a little bit more complication Um, and the other thing uh, that you've really got to focus on is um, what are you going to do with those trees um, when they either bear fruit uh, or they come to the the stage of um, harvesting for timber you've got to have a market for it Um, and so there's lots of um, you know pretty complex issues you have to look into and uh, it's incredibly important to get that right before you um, embark on on a project.
0: You mentioned a few there John but could you expand a little bit more on the practical issues um, of agroforestry?
1: Well I mean I have to say um, it's early days but you know um, deer are pretty much at the forefront of my thinking at the moment. Um, They've um, they really have uh, been an absolute pest. Um, and, and, you know, that is a real problem. They've learned to basically rip the tubes off and just, um, uh, you know, it's sort of, you know, the, 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 the whole thing of putting tubes on there now seems rather ridiculous because they've learned how to take those off. Um, drought, you know, we, ha- we planted them in a very wet winter and we had a really good survival rate in year one. Uh, But in year two, we've lost um, some of the whips, um, which I wasn't expecting, I have to say, after, you know, sort of 24 months in the ground, you would have thought what was going to survive, uh, survived. Uh, So we've got a little bit of, um, you know, replanting to do. Um, The other thing that people worry about is drainage systems. So um, uh, in-field drainage systems, are the trees going to go into your drains? Um, is that going to be a problem? My feeling is that I think having lots of tree roots in the fields should potentially solve those drainage problems as well. But that's another thing to consider and to keep an eye on after you've planted the um, uh, the system. And obviously design, again, I can't stress it enough, design is king and every farm will be different Um, but you really do have to spend um, you know a lot of time really getting that right and and again and I've mentioned it before but you know marketing the end product Um, if you're going to plant a whole load of fruit trees what are you going to do with the produce and a lot of people talk about sort of medicinal uh, herbs and and trees grown for medicinal purposes but um, you've got to know how to market that stuff and so um, that's a really important
2: thing to get right
0: and Graeme is this something that you do? Discuss a lot with those considering agroforestry.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's. You know, I don't get as many. I don't have as many conversations with members about about this than I than I do with um, more mainstream sort of tree planting, woodland creation. Um, but but yeah, we're getting getting more interested in this sort of thing. Um, just picking up on a couple of things, John mentioned there. I mean, I think like any. Um, New sort of land use, but particularly with something like agroforestry and tree planting, I think it's really key to be clear about what your objectives are, um, and to you know to to design the plan and design around what what your objectives are. And it, you may you know I think that sounds a bit sort of trite to say it, but you know maybe don't start from the the, the wrong end of it and say, right, I have to do some agroforestry. It's, It's really, you know, what are we trying to achieve through some tree planting in a particular place or in a particular pattern? Um, and work back from there. I think clarity of, of objectives, um, and if we're going to be doing sort of lines of trees, and perhaps with a um, timber in mind in, in later generations, then um, good establishment is really key. Um, selection of the stock, um, pest control, and weed control in, in those early years is is really key. And you know, John, you mentioned deer. You know, that's that's a really key issue because they can they can undo um, some some very expensive you know good work uh, overnight because you know they're just doing what deer do Uh, they they nibble at things Um, but you know you need to be clear about uh, how you're going to address uh, pest control for example Uh, but yeah clarity of objectives i think is uh, really key
0: The Country Land and Business Association has been safeguarding the interests of landowners and rural businesses since 1907. Through membership, you gain influence with government policymakers, exclusive and highly valuable knowledge on rural issues, unlimited access to tailored advice on all aspects of land ownership from experts, contact with specialist rural services and suppliers, and support from providers who understand your needs on insurance, healthcare, and energy. For those listening, and I guess in the community and on the whole, obviously you've listed some of the practical issues, but also the huge benefits and the importance of agroforestry in the bigger picture of our climate. So, would you say uh, people in in the community are actually taking up agroforestry at a rate to match the the demand for change for for our planet? Or
2: um, well. Can I take that one first i mean i i I don't think in this country yet really um I think it's still still relatively few people doing it, but I think as time goes on um and the uh, changing climate does become more apparent year upon year um and the the changes within agricultural markets uh take take root more farmers are looking at. Um, their assets and how they're going to use those assets to, to derive, you know, what enterprises are going to going to run in the future, what's going to work on their farm. Um, I think more people will will come on board. But as I said earlier on, it's it's maybe not for everybody. It's just one of those things to, to factor into the future management of the farm.
0: Thank you. That was a rogue question through in there. John, did you want to add anything? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it is early days, and I'm not surprised that Graham isn't getting lots of calls about it. But do you know what, we're talking about it now. Um, You know, 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't be talking about it. I mean, for goodness sake, they've got a complex on the archers. So you know, only t- it'll only be a short time before everyone's got it. Um, I think it's sort of a, it's a bit more like the sort of regenerative agriculture thing. Is that it's a sort of a groundswell of of uh, you know sort of bottom up with farmers looking at other farmers doing it. Certainly on social media, uh, lots of farmers are talking about it. Uh, when people come to our farm it is one of the things they want to see and when they can see you know how uh, it works practically on a farm I think more people will be interested in doing it on their own farms Um, and so yes it's early days but um, you know the fact that we're doing this podcast says something Um, and uh, I think it would be incredibly exciting uh, if we saw uh, more farms with this sort of kind of uh, visual treat which I think it will be Um, and so so, um, yes, yeah, sort of watch this space,
0: thank you john Graham.
2: yeah, uh I, mean, I was just going to say that um you know we used to have lots of orchards, small orchards on on farms, well actually on farms, big and small, but also in just small rural properties with a couple of acres out the back um, orchards used to be really commonplace and Many of those over the years have been grubbed out, removed for whatever reason. But you know that—that's you know agroforestry. You know, let's let's re- take away some of the sort of mystique of it. You know, an uh, an orchard which which has apple trees or plum trees or uh, damsons or whatever um, grazed underneath by by sheep uh, was. It was a really common um, situation in our agricultural landscape for 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 decades, uh, centuries beforehand. So, you know, in that way, it's it's not a new thing. Um, we've just kind of moved away from it in in more recent decades, and maybe there's a the pendulum is swinging back to more. John, you mentioned regenerative agriculture there, which is a, a relatively new term, but it's um, it, it kind of. It speaks to that um, way of of more sustainable agriculture, taking into account the limitations of the the land that you're working with and uh, more more organic approaches.
0: That's a really good point, Graham. I'm sure, um, you know, for those who are listening that maybe are only just learning about agroforestry or don't know what it means, sometimes we we throw out these new names for genitive agriculture and, and agroforestry and it's kind of all these question marks around what that entails. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of comfort in, in what you've just said. Um, last question, because we're running out of time, but Graham, what would be your key takeaways for those looking into, into this?
2: Um, I think be open-minded um, and be be clear about what it is you want to achieve. And the agroforestry is um, is just one thing to to consider for the future management of the farm. Um, yeah, be be clear about what your objectives are. Also, when we're dealing with trees, they 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 last a long time. They take they take many decades to to grow, and certainly in in let in tenancy situations and land situations it's likely that that is going to outlast the uh, the length of any tenancy uh, so that needs to be factored in and it's, it's it's best if if landlords and tenants can discuss these sorts of things i mean landlords and tenants discuss things up you know many things and and it's um, you know approaching it in that way to to agree um any tree planting is is probably the the, uh, the best way to to approach it john you mentioned that earlier on and i think it's a really good uh thing to to caution people a, a, about because you know the trees are uh, you know they, they do outlast they, they last a long time they take many decades to grow so that needs to be factored into to any situation where we're dealing with let land um but yeah that would be one of one of the other sort takeaways
0: and as someone who has an agroforestry system john what would be your advice to those listening
1: uh again you know you've just got to. i i've written down plan plan and plan some more uh you want to see as many um sort of working systems as possible to try and hone what you think would be the most practical way of doing things on your farm uh see the alleys as a crop uh, in addition to the crop that you've got in your field rather than some trees in the middle of the field. They are a crop and they will be harvested and you will get an income from them in the future. Uh, talk to other people other than expect government uh, to include in elms. We were funded by the Woodland Trust. They paid for our trees, guards and stakes. Uh, we obviously have to plant them, we have to look after them. And I suppose the last thing I would say is that, you know, I'm 58 and I planted mine two years ago, and I've written myself a note that says, don't leave it until you're 50.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, Graham?
2: Uh, yeah, the, the other thing i just add, I mean, John, you just mentioned planning there, really important. I think, you know, it's, it's really important just to you know plan. I would agree with that and go and go and see, talk to people who have done it um, and see what their experience is. The Soil Association also they did a, a really useful agroforestry handbook, um, which has got some really good uh, diagrams, pictorial uh, representations of what we mean by agroforestry, but also some really good, um, you know information that, that that backs it up including you know uh, benefits to crop yields and uh, livestock you know ag- the agronomic side of it so do some reading up on it and uh, yeah go and go and see as many and, and talk to as many people as as you can.
0: So there we are that's uh, unfortunately all we have time for today uh, thank you so much both of you for joining us today a really fascinating look into agroforestry John I hope you have dormice soon coming to your 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 farm. is absolutely fantastic. Uh, We'll see you next time on Rural Business Uncovered. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you both for joining. If you're not a member of the CLA, you can join today. More information can be found on our website, cla.org.uk. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you can join us again soon. been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.